0: He's like, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, who are you doing podcast with? I'm like, oh, we're supposed to do, uh, we're going to go see my buddy Jim Wendler. <laughs> and his eyes got big, and he's like, you know Jim Wendler. See, he's and, dropping names. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to see Jim and uh, do a podcast, and man, I can do this. And like, I, like the dude's heart, I could see it <laughs> fluttering because obviously he's like, my entire lifting experience in life began on Elite FTS yeah. and this, and then the guy it's, went into this like, Homage of Dave Tate and Jim Wendler, and how 531 saved his life and his marriage.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Jim Wendler is your new high school football strength coach. You fucking wish. But that is the reality for one lucky small town. The father of the Holy Trinity of Strength, 531, is molding the minds and the bodies of young athletes in this once violent sport of football. Well, the rules may have changed, but the kids still wear helmets. Here it is, episode 598.
0: Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. We live. are
1: live. <laughs> on location.
0: On location, between two ferns. <laughs> We're actually in Columbus, Ohio, between two ferns, in a, in a basement in a speakeasy. Oh, yeah. We randomly found this place. We showed up to get some beers and pizza. Mike, they said he had a so cool I, spot. I do
1: owe some thank yous. So, okay, lay it old, out him, old college buddy, that is a Columbus native, gave him a ring. We needed a studio. And this was his Hail Mary long shot. He's like, You got to give these guys a call. Joking. I gave him a call and he's like, "I can't believe that worked." So nice. Dave, wow. Dave Fresh, that's a thank you. We're at Mikey's, uh, late night late pizza, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, the, I mean, the, yeah. the, uh, Downtown. we're joined by our good friend Jim Wendler hello so for those you guys thank you for uh, having
2: me buddy i appreciate it awesome we've we've been here for about an hour (laughs) (laughs) this is our 27th beer yeah (laughs) but uh i mean dude if you guys don't
0: know jim you guys have probably been living under a fucking rock so get out from underneath that rock but uh i mean longtime friend and uh alum of power athlete radio so thanks for coming on dude
2: i appreciate you guys thank you for having me here's to you here's to you that's right looks like uh what are you nursing that beer up? Here. <laughs> Got a nipple on that thing. It's
1: my fourth. Just kidding. This
2: is my twenty seventh. Hey, Power Athlete
0: Nation, we're gonna have to take a moment here to thank our key sponsor for Power Athlete Radio, Power Athlete Training, <laughs> the best in the business, the best in the world, pretty much the best in the universe. If you're looking for a training program to help you put on muscle, get uh, extremely fit, or really just meet any of your performance training goals, it's really easy. Go to powerathletehq.com. You scroll down to browse my training. We even have a find your program where you can go through the survey and find the perfect program to meet your needs.
1: And get started today. So a seven-day free trial. And then throughout the month, it's less than a dollar a day. You get world-class coaching straight to the palm of your hand. That includes specific training programs, videos for movement demos, sets, reps, and then tracking all within our world-class
0: app. I mean, really, it's going down the rabbit hole. I mean, we'll take you as deep as you want. I mean, to quote our old friend Morpheus... You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I'll show you exactly how deep the rabbit hole goes. That's how we go with training. We want to get people deep. We want to have you reach your goals. We want you to tear the you know tear the proverbial door off the wall and uh, go in there and just kick ass. And I think we have the best in the business programs, so and we got the uh, the battery of people to prove it.
1: And there you go. Take the red pill at PowerAthleteHQ.com. Sounds good. Thank you, Power Athlete, and back to our show. And back to our show.
0: Oh man, so dude, uh, I feel like we've been uh, well—not that we've gotten rid of all the or talked about all the good stuff, but we've uh, <clears throat> we've had a nice little catch up here. But like, so uh, so, give me the lowdown. Like, give me the script. Like, uh, you've been you know obviously living in London, Ohio, and yeah, you know, you're working in, as a strength coach, and
2: yeah, like, I did uh, to make a long story short, uh, in two thousand and. Shit, I don't even remember when I I'm trying. maybe 2015, 2016, I had finished the last book I was uh, working on, and it took me about a year to get it all down, and during that year, I'm the most unlivable fucking asshole you've ever seen. My wife hated me. I would always write at night, and when I say at night, I mean, you know, from midnight to whatever, and uh, I just became kind of a dick, and uh, it was finally done, and I, I went to uh, to go see david elite fts a, a parent uh, that works there a parent of a london uh, athlete said hey you know they're looking for people to help at the london and i was like oh you know i'll think about it this is a local at the high school for the football team uh and i you know i went to my wife and i'm like listen i just got asked i'm you know maybe i don't know and i'm i was so reticent because like i love my personal time more than anything and you know i was worried that it would go by the wayside and uh she's like you got to get out of the house just like when (laughs) by the way when uh i got uh john contacted my wife to do this not me well
0: Uh, well, let me give some backstory so jim is uh uh, allergic to his telephone like if you call jim if you text him he's gonna get i don't even check
2: my email anymore and and, uh, (laughs) i know i know And, and uh i know
0: this and i don't take it personally at all and so smart enough i reached out to uh to phil who's a mutual buddy of ours and uh because I think when I was uh visiting him he's like oh man we've been doing a bunch of stuff for Jim in terms of merch uh, and I deal with his wife and I heard and I called Phil up. I'm like hey man you got Jim's wife's number (laughs) and so he kicked me uh, your wife's number and so I texted his wife and said hey you know we're coming to Columbus Ohio I'd love to get Jim on the podcast uh you know what works best can we come to you guys like what works and she goes he needs to get out of the house.
2: He'll totally do it. And so the best is she didn't even tell you. She's like, hey, uh, honey, I got to drop you up with your friends at 630 tonight. When you must have kind con- it was probably maybe two weeks ago, three, I don't know when it was, but when you reached, and she's like, hey, you know, she's like, first, she's always like, do you know, I get texts all the time. Do you know? She's like, you know, John Wilber? I'm like, yeah, he's a good dude. He's like, all right, you got a podcast. And then she told me when I got home from training the ding-dongs today. But, uh, so that's, I, I just don't, I don't enjoy that. And I don't enjoy social media. And I'm not, like, an old grumpy bastard. I just don't... I don't know. Like, I think of, like, the great men in this world, and every one of them never had to use social media. You know, yeah. like... So, I, I don't know. And it just doesn't... Well, if uh, I was... I'm 40. I don't know how old are you. Um, well, I'm 45. Okay, um, so I'm, yeah, a li- I'm, 45 I'm a little older than you are. Yeah. But uh, I just... You know, grow up, grow up without it, and I'm okay without it. So, it doesn't really... You know, if I, maybe if I was 20 or 30. But anyway...
0: Well, well it's it's the weird part of... um sharing your life with a whole bunch of people you don't know.
2: Yeah. And it was easier for me before I really, uh, really, I would say settled down, even though I had been married before I have a a son who's, uh, 17 right now, going to be 18, uh, next month. Uh, but, uh, then you start to value your family more and I value the privacy a lot. And I don't, this is like it's just all part of the maturation process process but i don't need you to like what i do or uh what we do at the high school and stuff we don't really put up a lot of stuff about it about what work at the high school and uh like i'm you only get the more secure you are like i just you know you don't like me that's fine you know i don't know it's it's a weird kind of uh You talk about like our, our sons, our young sons, they don't care about a lot of stuff because like, my son, will, he goes to swimming class. He just right up, talk to people. <laughs> now, you and me are like, eh. like listen, you don't even look at me, motherfucker.
0: Uh, dude, I had a funny one interaction today while waiting in line for the car. Uh, there was a dude who was obviously a power lifter standing uh, yeah. next to me. And I could see him looking me up and down, and like we were kind of standing there awkward. And I like, kind of like look over at him, look over at him, look you over at like him. You like
2: testosterone too.
0: <laughs> and and uh, he uh, uh, like all of a sudden is like, "Hey, uh, are you competing this weekend?" And I was like, "No, I'm I'm in town to uh teach for the Arnold, we'll do an education thing, and do some podcasting." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, uh you know, uh, uh, who are you doing podcast with?" I'm like, "Oh, we're supposed to do. Uh, we're gonna go see my buddy Jim Wendler." <laughs> His eyes got big and he's like, You know Jim Wendler. See, he's and, dropping
2: names. And, uh, just like we were talking earlier. Really, John does. Uh, well, I mean, it
0: would be different if we weren't doing with Jim Wendler. Yeah. I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm gonna sit down and see Jim Wendler. You know? Probably give him a handy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> CJ's. That's what we do. And uh I was like, oh, you yeah, know, we're gonna see Jim and uh do a podcast and, and I can do this. And like I like the dude's heart, I could see it fluttering, because obviously he's like My entire lifting experience in life began on Elite FTS and this, and then the guy went into this like, homage of dave tate and jim wendler and how 531 saved his life and his marriage and you know he was able to get uh you know multiple erections in a single day yeah, because of uh, jim wendler i mean and, and like it's not from 531 it's uh, thinking of me I, I just didn't even realize that like uh the cachet that i'm able to pull by just fucking like hold on you dropped the jim wendler name and like but it
2: and then we uh we totally
0: got into this conversation and then he was like giving me the uh you know all of his geared lifts and this and i'm like yeah,
2: then you're just like, uh, <sighs> it's cool, but uh, yeah. the, uh, I don't know what the fuck we were talking about. And to, So real Social quick. Social
0: media, not liking it. Yeah, fucking, uh, but, but, uh, uh, so, kids going swimming, you don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah,
2: the, uh, so anyway, after I wrote the book, my wife's like, you got to get the fuck out of the house. Like, I, you're driving me bananas. And uh, so I volunteered at the high school, and I first started on the field. And I have no patience for around the field stuff. I realize that I don't You, have, you mean
0: actually like football coaching? Yeah, fo- yeah.
2: I have no patience for that. Uh, because to me, football, I know you're going to laugh at this, just go as violent as you can. Yeah. And I, cool. I'm a big believer in like violence solves a lot of stuff on the football field. So hold on. So, But I couldn't get the kids to do that. And I couldn't understand because when I played football, that was like, most of the time it was like, dude, fucking calm the shit down. Like you got to just- let's at least take this first first step correctly and then go bananas and i I just the amount of amount of time that football coaches have to put in i was not willing to put in about two weeks into that uh i uh went up to the weight room and i said hey how about this how about i handle all the strength stuff because the head coach was handling that i'm like dude you're stressed out and at this time i didn't really know him but i'm like just let me do this so uh, he kind of handed the reins over to me very hesitantly because his background was in strength training. And so I really worked with the JV. I got them. He's like, do you know anything? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, so I started working with the JV and I just, I went as simple as I could. All we did for like six weeks was dumbbell squats and pushups. I'm like, listen, we're just going to get good at two things. And it went from, oh, great. We got, you know, we got personal attention to uh, what are we doing today, coach? To, we're doing like they were so prideful that they were doing the same shit all the time, and like it was miserable, and they loved it. It was kind of like you know, it was it was like a it was like a weird uh, attitude change. So, but anyway, to make a long story short, by the time the season ended, I had those guys ready to go. Mm-hmm. I got I taught them how to squat, how to bench, how to jump onto a box, like all this stuff that people take for granted, I think. And uh, to make a long story short, that year we won three games, and we were. Uh, one of the worst football teams i've ever seen we had multiple injuries and you guys you know this too magically when you win everyone's shoulders feel pretty good (laughs) you know the ankle that twisted ankle (laughs) yeah it's fine. it doesn't seem so bad it got so bad that i you know we we don't have a huge team it's a very small town that i think uh we had seven or eight starters out for the final game of the year that means we have seven starters out on offense and seven on defense. It's everyone plays both ways, or most kids play both ways. So you can imagine how bad. And we didn't even cross the 50-yard line in that final game. So uh, the next you know, offseason, I give this the returning, I guess, the seniors-to-be all said, let's just start training the, the next week. So our final game was on Friday. They, came, they voted to come in on Monday. I give them all the credit in the world. I sat them down. Uh, on Saturday after the final game, and I said, "This is what we're doing. You're going to be bored out of your mind. You know, we're going to train three days a week. This is what we're doing." And uh, they completely 100% turnout on that next Monday, and uh, they bought in, make the playoffs the next year. Right. We've made the playoffs every single year. Now, the one thing I always laugh about is. <clears throat> We are not the most, and I tell the kids all the time, we're not going to win any game on talent. We- maybe one game against some schlep team or something, but we're just going to win because we're going to outstrength them, outcondition them, and we're going to put people in fucking body bags. That's- I said, I don't care how many games. I don't care if we lose every game. I want fucking players on the ground, and I want them to know that they played us. Nice. I said, if you do that, if every play is a fucking fight and you put someone down, you're the most likely you're going to win. If you don't win, they're just better. Yeah. and there's that's we've lost two playoff games the same team and they're just better team you know you the can't, it's hard to beat that
0: well uh you bring up a great point like the fact that like uh when we played and uh dude i mean i was a master of violence and i've always said yeah. i wasn't a great football player but i understood intensity out, and yeah. violence and i was fucking really good at managing pain and hurting people yeah. and yeah. uh when i retired people asked me if i wanted to coach football and the farther I've gotten away from it, I always tell, and the comment I've made over the years is like, the style in which I played is not coveted anymore. Not ain't uh, coveted, it, you can't coach it. Well, well, you can't do it. Like cleaning like, people up around the pile. You and put the,
2: them in a uh, like V for Vendetta and they stuck her in a fucking room to get her all fucking amped up. Like, <laughs> there,
0: there, there's no way. No. And like the, no, the, make
2: sure you talk to me about the spread. Spread offense, oh, uh, I got yes, and I'll no, talk yes. to you about you know Milo Ms. Linsky? Yeah. All right. Make sure you bring that okay. up because I'll. I, so we got so, the CTE brothers here. Well, I, I was going <laughs> to ask me about the CTE
0: after. Okay. So well, uh, so the uh, it, it's Sorry. been it's been really fascinating too, especially in the NFL, seeing this. When was like, your last season? Um, I got hurt. Uh, my tenth year was in 08, and I retired in
2: 09. Hold on. Let me do the math in my head. So you, yeah, yeah, the when did. So the when did you start playing then? Uh, Ninety nine. Yeah. So most of your career was still kind of old. I mean, the passing yeah, we, started to get really big. We had end.
0: like these old like fucking like dinosaur type of dudes where yeah. it was like old. Kind of like I, I was in a weird transition phase. Yeah, yeah. Because raid right is about the time I I retired was when the new CBA happened in the lockout, and then they completely changed the rules. Okay. That was when, like, you know, we would go to training camp, and it was, like, 42 days of training <laughs> camp, but we were in pads, 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 pads off, and it was just fucking, like, a baton death march. Yeah. And now they have, like, five padded practices the entire fucking season. Yep. Or it's eight, but it's, like, in training. Holy oh, yeah. shit, is it eight? Yeah, eight uh-huh. total with, with training camp and so wow. it's completely changed and like just the like the the physicality so, and the violence and the way it was played just it <clears> isn't coveted anymore and for the most part they just got rid of it it's those not tears. just
2: not coveted it's looked frowned up
0: frowned yeah. upon well
2: yeah i mean so even at the end
0: of my career uh i was getting fined a bunch and they they kept uh uh when i would get fined or i'd get a letter that i was um had a history of violence yeah and then uh by the way yeah it was a good movie excellent (laughs) movie but they were basically trying to change the culture by making basically making interventions on players that they viewed as a history of violence
2: chuck Cecil's. yeah they got
0: rid of those fucking guys (laughs) and the timmy hawks and i mean dudes like runyon and myself and they were just dudes that went out and fucking tried to take scalps and uh that was the the way we played football and to see it now it was funny man like watching the super bowl i'm like fucking patty cake patty cake it's just how it plays and then you get like uh that Aaron. what was it um aaron donnelly or uh, donald Donald. yeah donald i mean he's out there fucking killing these dudes and these offensive linemen don't know how to use their heads i mean dude my greatest weapon was this seven eight pound helmet that i had strapped i told
2: the kids (laughs) if they didn't want you to use your head they wouldn't give you a fucking helmet
0: well they they frown upon that (laughs) yeah i know they don't want you to use your helmet yeah and uh, like, I was like, dude, I, uh, like the reason he's able to do what he does is because no offensive lineman is putting his fucking head in his fucking ribs and yeah. trying to break his fucking neck.
2: The, uh, so I talked. We're going to. I want to get back to my boys, my kids, but I, I'm going to talk. I uh, spoke at the EFS something. I don't know. It was like a sports thing. And uh, Milo was there, Mislinsky. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to him and I talked to a whole bunch of other coaches from uh, both college and and. Couple from the pros, and I asked him because I wanted to understand running volume, because my running volume for the kids is so low compared to what I did. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of more. It's not there like I. I can go into this about what actually happened, but I was just curious <clears throat> about all that, and I asked Milo. I'm like, well, what about offensive lineman? Because Milo was an offensive lineman. He's like, oh, they're wolf. They're horrible. And he said the only schools that produce fairly good is Wisconsin, Iowa, Alabama. And there was one other one I can't remember because they run, they huddle up, and they run, and they run the ball.
0: Yeah, they have a fast-paced because offense.
2: Because if you, if, you if you run that face, fast-paced offense, you're pretty much, again, like you said, playing patty cake, and then no one's stunting because they're too tired. And I understand the reason behind that, but that's not preparing it for the NFL. But he said they are woefully unprepared, yeah. except for what I, I can't remember the other team.
1: What, Auburn, SEC,
2: Georgia? You know, um, it might have been Georgia. What was it? It was a couple years ago. It wasn't a surprise that Wisconsin and Iowa were on there.
0: A couple years ago, Dave Spitz asked us to come out and work with, uh, he had a couple offensive linemen. He was training for the Combine. Okay. And uh, it was really interesting, and I told those guys we went out, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to teach you how to do the world's best fashion show. I'm going to teach you all the shit that the coaches don't think you knew. I'm going to, I am gonna want to yeah. show, show you how to set and run. So when you get down in your stance, like all the little bullshit that they're going to look for, they're going to be excited about, I'll teach you all the cheat codes. Yeah, And that's what I did. And uh, what was wild is that um, after we got done after about a week and I was like, you guys are fucking good to go. And then Dave asked me, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know if these guys are going to get drafted, but every one of these dudes can play. And every one of those guys, I don't think any them I thought one guy got drafted. Every one of them has gone on and started. And and so it's pretty interesting that like their uh, ability to evaluate talent isn't always as high as they think it is. And uh, when you look at the majority, especially Mm -hmm. offensive linemen, a lot of those guys, I mean, there's some guys that are fucking number one picks overall that are camp misses. Yeah. But you look at the majority of dudes are third, fourth, fifth rounder free agents that come in and just know how to grind and fucking (coughs) whoop somebody's ass. Uh, Question on that, is that the coaching at that level? No, I I think – I think when you get into like the really high end programs, you have such talented skill positions like he's saying, yeah, like they're running a fast paced offense. A guy's, you know, six, seven, 330 pounds and he's not going against fucking beasts. And he, you know, he's probably got a good set. He looks real long. He has all the intangibles that the NFL is looking for, for a chop pick other than what's here and here. And it doesn't really well, come all the
2: in almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. he, he doesn't yeah. have the intangibles. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. There we go. He's
0: all the tangibles. Yeah. So I and uh, the NFL is so fixated on all these like you know can he does do, you know and with the school he plays at and at the end of the day man like I mean it takes a guy who legitimately has the ability to go in and do play at a high level repeatedly whereas I think a lot of guys and you've seen this man you've seen a lot of people that just don't have longevity like they you know they yeah. do great on one day but can they consistently <clears throat> yeah. fucking drive the ball home?
2: That's a very. uh like we my wife and I were <clears throat> talking to some uh coaching for like u f c and they're talking about <clears throat> their training and stuff and it came up like uh part of it is how much <clears throat> can you handle the training to get to the yeah. to get <clears throat> to be good' it's, it's uh so you might be super talented, but you can't handle the amount of training you need to get to the next level and you're sure. just hurt all the time uh and there's like <clears throat> those you guys have to that, be able to
0: handle the volume of work to put yourself yes, in a position to be successful yeah. which is is like in the NFL, uh, we, I was telling Tex about one of my, uh, one of my teammates in college, uh, benched 400 pounds when he was 17, <laughs> right? The dude was a beast. Um, he trained two days a week. Yeah. All of a sudden we show up to college and we train six days a week. Every day we were in college, he got weaker. He barely benched 300 by the time he was a senior. <clears> and I remember asking him, I'm like, oh, what's wrong? He's like, I, "I'm just, I can't recover, I'm too tired. He's like, I did really good on two days a week. This six days a week has burned me to the ground, and uh, he just never had the capacity.
2: The other, I mean, on the flip side of that, that shitty fucking programming. If I had that, hold on. Oh, yeah, it was. If if he was good, (laughs) like if he was legit, you're like, listen, I'm willing to, like, on this day, you're going to do some fucking pipes, you know, some neck work and, you know, do some back raises or something. Uh, But uh, you also, the other thing that the NFL has is, uh, and I always laugh because, Someone gets hurt on Alabama's team or some Ohio State. They're like, "Oh my god!" It's like, dude, the fourth guy is a fifth <laughs> round five star athlete. They're yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be fine. Uh, is is the amount of uh, they just? It's like uh, infantry guys just send out the next wave. Fucking guys are dead. Fucking send out the next thing. Well, they have now, some guys good to... talents like Aaron Donald or well, Tom. They have Brady a guy win
0: like a fucking Heisman, and they're like, "Hey, this guy is gonna be a fifth year senior. He's never played before, and that dude's a number one pick yeah. overall." Yeah. You are
2: like, "Holy shit!" You just happen to play behind a Heisman Trophy yeah. winner. What's that? I always remember the story of Marion Butts. I don't know if you remember yeah. that guy. Yeah. He never even played in college. One of the best football names yeah. ever him and Max Strong. <laughs> Max Marion Strong Butts, fullback. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Max <clears throat> Strong. Mary, yeah, Marion Butts. Roots, yeah, I don't Roots even Roots know where buts, he was. He was a running back for the Chargers, and he, he was at Florida State, I want to say. And he never really played much because I, I could imagine who was playing in front of him because that was well,
1: uh, on similar experience as Priest Holmes, who was Ricky yeah. Williams back up yeah. at Texas. Yep. And then yeah. Boy, he, John's teammate. He yeah. was good. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, Priest could fucking run.
2: There was a great, uh, I think NFL Throwback did a video on Priest Holmes about that. He's Jeez. he had good longevity too. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, anyway, to make a long story short, so real quick, I'm not making a long story short. Uh, no, so long like story's long. We, story's we long. ended up uh, going to playoffs every year, and what we've we've uh, we run the wing tee. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, really. The 1950s call. They didn't want their playbook back. Well, no, first of all, <laughs> you don't need to be super talented. Yeah, and you can plug and drop players in and uh as long as we have guys that are willing to go forward and that's what i've coached like when when we train obviously we want them physically prepared, but part of it is the mental attitude of like we have to attack and the the good thing is it's the freshmen see the seniors and they see all the work they put in but so anyway we run the wing tee, and it just kind of it just you know my second year
0: you know those words haven't probably not been uttered in 20 years you know we run the wing tee. yeah
2: well it's getting more popular because one, oh really oh yeah and i'll Shut tell you why because one uh no one knows how to defend it yeah two yeah. if you know how to defend it or if you know how to how are you going to practice well, you because pr- you're, you're going to get the shit knocked out of you yeah in practice and uh so we uh so by that, what are you going to play us hurt good luck with that other thing is a <clears throat> we we pass maybe three times a game or something, and if we complete those passes, they're fucking gone. <laughs> sure. Uh, but what ends up happening is you can probably imagine is if we just have a we've had a running back rush for uh, two thousand five hundred, and then next say, year he had three thousand. <laughs> he didn't play in any fourth quarters, and we had another running back rush for sixteen hundred. Jesus. And well, we I mean, averaged re- five. But dude,
0: how many how many times you run the ball? Uh, Sixty times a
2: game. <laughs> Well, it sounds good, yeah, but we score almost every fucking play after a while. That's awesome. <laughs> because it was such a dominant, because you, you know how it goes. Yeah. If you start, if you run the ball, and it's funny because I tell the kids all this time, I'm like, listen, you run the ball, you stop the run, don't turn the ball over, you're going to win 85% of your games. Yeah. In high school, you'll win a lot more than that. In the yeah. pros, and it's funny because when the playoffs come around, it's always the teams that run the ball that ended up doing pretty well. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird phenomenon. And but
0: uh, if you can, uh, um, like the biggest thing, and I think the stat that uh, hopefully most people look at is takeaways. I mean, if you don't yeah. if you don't give the ball up and you take it away, <laughs> that's every like,
2: possession is gold. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. Even, even if you're plus one, your
2: chance of winning a game goes up to like 90 yes. percent. Yep. Uh, but it, so to make a long, so God, I keep on saying God it. Damn it, the, uh, so last year we had a really good team, uh, at least, you know, and we tried to run the spread for two games. We scored one offensive, oh, yeah. t- it, t- hold it, on. Is this you transitioning on. into the spread? Yes. Okay. So we went, we had one offensive touchdown in two games. We scored two defensive touchdowns and we, we only gave up, I think, uh, it was 10 to seven. We lost and like 14 to 10. So one offense, whatever it was, it was ridiculous how close the games were. The kids, the seniors, talked to the head coach like, "We're going back. We want the wing tee back. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we know how to do." Next game, twenty eight points in the first quarter. Wow! Just running the fucking, running the shit out of the ball. How did the spread make its way? To the I team don't in the first place. know. I don't. New coach. Uh, so when no, you see no, the no. spread.
0: Are you talking about like more like a pro offense, like lineup? No, up? Like, Te- uh, like Texas Tech. Like, yeah. like Texas. well, Big not football. not
2: not exactly like that, but close. Like tons of passing. Yeah. And we're. And the other thing Did is, do you guys the- have the quarterback and receivers for that? Yeah.
0: I I I've always thought that it's better for a coach to adapt his offense. Yes. yes. Uh, to to you, the players you, you have.
2: You can't change your players. You can change, change your, your offense. offense. So. Yeah. What ended up happening was obviously we go we end up winning every other game and then we lose three deep in the playoffs fourteen to thirteen. Uh and all we like we just ran the shit. We had the defensive player of the year, co two defensive players of the year, offensive player of the year. And all this time we run in the, the wing T, I think in our division in the state, we're always top five in total offense and top five in scoring. So think about that for a second. Top five running I mean, we most we've had games we you know maybe five games we hadn't passed the ball once, mm-hmm. and it's funny because as soon as you pass the ball, what do you think the crowd goes? Oh, they go nuts. bananas! Yeah, and it's always like a halfback pass that just flutters, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, damn it, that that could have been a touchdown on a run. Yeah, but uh, so I don't know if it was like, hey, we have a little more athletic guys this year, like, or it was like parents because parents do not like the wing tee. Well, but boy, uh, do you know what the kids love to do? Winning, winning well winning I, uh, fucking winning is it because
0: parents have this idea that um everyone if, if that,
2: that, did that, you know that, that tom brady they're... played on our team a future tom brady <laughs> <laughs> you guys know that?
0: and uh if you guys had just passed the ball you would have given him <laughs> yeah. the opportunity to <laughs> go right. in and get a college scholarship <laughs> <You> familiar <laughs> with
2: Ohio state yeah
0: so uh yeah, well army and navy you're still taking well, but it. i mean like there's um <laughs> so it... so my daughters are are 10 years old i got twin girls and my yep. little boy's five and so what, what blows my and my, my my one of my daughters swims Okay. and so uh she's a pretty good swimmer so she swims like five days a week now and um it's amazing these parents um, that like they're 10 years old and the parents are over there talking about like when their kids go to the olympics and uh like even like my son like we had uh, uh he played peewee basketball five years old i'm his coach and these parents are like like my son needs more playing time and i'm like believe me he's five years old nobody's giving out college scholarships for at least another fucking 13 years like oh, I, I, I'm, and like but but I, I also wonder too and my first question is like hey did you ever play any sports and most of these parents like you know their no. their sports career ended in junior high or high school so they have this like idea of and i i just thought it was always a uh, like just a bad joke or like maybe like just no, a, uh, no. a a fucking like a, a punch line where you're like oh these fucking parents and then all of a sudden you get in and you're like holy shit dude these parents are yep. like for me and they're asking me and i'm like hey as long as my kids have fun because yeah. i i know what it was like when we played when it wasn't fun so I want my kids to have as much fun
2: as possible yeah. because
0: one day it's not going to be fun.
2: Well, my uh, – the way that I – you know, a lot of – we have a couple of kids go on and play college football, and I told them all, I said, listen, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but this is the last time you're going to really have fun because these kids have been playing together since they've been junior high. Like, they sleep over at each other's houses. You don't get that kind of camaraderie, especially in the NFL. I'm sure you know that. Like, it's not the same. No. You guys grow up together like they know – you know, you get, when your other, when the, <clears throat> your buddy's parents can yell at you and you're like, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. that's, that's a closeness you and, can't and get. And it's like
0: the, the night before the game, like, uh, we would have, like, yeah. pasta dinners and shit at our friends' houses and, like, the parents were there and, like, you grew up with these kids yes. your entire life.
2: And, uh, and now, like, even, uh, I, I, so, I, I would say, this, this is my, when I played was, like, the really when it's, the veil was lifted off of college football as far as just being in business. And just be like a factory so that you know what i'm yeah. saying and now like i'd like they, they're not even trying to hide it anymore yeah. you know well, with with
0: the, with the uh nil, NIL. Which, NIL. which i'm 100 yeah,
2: percent for i mean the kids can do like i don't it's america like i'm you... Well, then you got to give you got to give
0: Reggie Bush back his fucking Heisman's yeah that's and, that. and like they they fucking burn well first
2: up. of all I don't think anyone who's worth his shit doesn't know that Reggie Heisman yeah. wasn't the greatest fucking Yeah, <laughs> like, like give him the fucking Heisman back but like
0: yeah, dude you remember what it was like in college dude we lived so far below the fucking poverty line yeah dude we had 740 bucks a month was our scholarship checks my rent was four seventy five. My parents kicked me a few hundred extra bucks.
2: So I had like roughly if
0: $500 I, if, a month to live on.
2: If my parents didn't help me out, there's yeah. no
0: way. Dude, my, my mom and dad had to. And uh, I mean, dude, they, they helped us with money. And like, we were so far below the poverty line. At the end of the month, we're like,
2: I shoot. remember the, uh, yeah, it's usually at the end of the, and it's funny because at the beginning of the month, everyone's getting new shoes. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know you're going to be poor at the end yeah,
0: of the or month. Yeah, new tattoos. Yeah. Dude, yeah. We, would, we, we would go to Sam's, or it was Costco, or the Price Club, whatever yeah. the fuck it was called. And uh, I would spend, like, $400, and it was, like, eggs. I'd buy rice. I'd buy all this food. And I knew that if I could, like, I had it all partitioned. Yep. And I remember one time. Uh, Some asshole took, like, three somebody eggs.
2: Somebody came home and ate it, and I was like, I was like this is perfectly partitioned. I know exactly how <laughs> many fucking this eggs. This is May 22nd. You ate my May 22nd eggs. Oh, I was
0: eggs. so fucking yeah. mad. I was like, God I know. Damn it. I mean, I had ground beef. I had everything laid out. I had uh, frozen chicken breasts I used to cook on the foreman. And, uh, I had uh, everything fucking scaled out and I knew And If somebody ate something, I was like, motherfucker, I'm not going to have any at the end of the month.
2: You know, the other thing I always like, uh, we didn't have a great training table at all. Should we uh, only had training table one day, one day, maybe, well, I mean at night, one time a day.
0: Yeah. We, we had one time a day, but we only had on nights we practiced, yes. which was yes. on, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, th- Wednesday Thursday. Thursday, and that was
1: it. Yep. So, non-athlete listeners, training table referring to dinner, food, lunch versus the no, it's just dinner, it just trainers, dinner. Just, yeah, just dinner, like the just... ACTs, the trainers.
2: No, no, table. no, no. Training table is like yeah, uh, I'm just, the clarifying. No, uh, oh, so okay.
0: So the football players and the coaches they would make the, they would have a, a catered dinner. You would come in at least at Cal. They would come in when I, we we had Boyd Epley, who was the strength coach at Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Uh, they had a fucking restaurant that was like five star with like a chef and people were talking don- about Nebraska. now. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nebraska boy Epley.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. So when I took my trip there, we went to go eat at the uh, we at their training table. <laughs> well, they also
2: had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It, there. it was breakfast all, all year round. Yeah.
0: And um, the farmers and you know, the way that they bragged, farmers would donate cows every like week. A farmer <laughs> would donate a cow or
2: this, and, and these you guys and I would... had Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday one meal, and it wasn't that good. And these guys <laughs> had like two inch fillets. <laughs> And, like, I'm sitting down. We, and we're they're like, eating. not this place, sir. <laughs> they had, that one. They had <laughs> crack. Uh, the Salisbury They had steak. crack. They,
0: they, had crack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they had Lawrence Phillips? They they had uh, <laughs> crab legs. So somebody donated Alaska crab legs. So all of a sudden we sit down and we got these and steaks and they put this huge, like, bushel of crab legs. And I'm like.
1: This is your fucking training table?
0: <laughs> like, And it was like, uh, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Crab legs
1: in Nebraska. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Somebody
0: flew in crab legs yeah. and, uh, for the players. And we had, and like, dude, uh, we went there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it was and f- fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You still decided not to attend. Well, I was an idiot, right? I did not think <laughs> no, I No, you were too smart. When
2: did when, when, uh, when when you graduate? 94. So that was so when they were you would have been 95 96 97 uh, I would have beat you in 98 yep, we, but you, at zone. least you had you would have had three really good years. At Nebraska. To put this in perspective. And dude, th- they, won the,
0: they, they were competing for the national championship yeah. when yeah, it they took won. they won one.
2: Yeah, and they won. They, they, they won, won 94, 95, 95 97. 96. Yeah. At 96, they had two losses and they were fucking hated Scott Frost. Can yeah. you imagine now if they had only two losses? Yeah, they would be unreal. They would love Scott Frost. <laughs> uh, it, so uh, That just shows you uh, I did if, not if people think people don't I'm... understand how good Nebraska was in the oh, late 80s, early 90s is unbelievable. Dude, when I showed up, uh, Will Shields, who ended up playing in Kansas
0: City, he was there. I mean, dude, the fucking guys were fun phenomenal in terms of offensive linemen yeah. um but uh i did not like uh, so i'm a white middle class kid from you know uh, southern california i didn't know anybody that played in the yeah. nfl um I, like it didn't really make much sense to me and i was like i you know what's the average three years like very few guys when i looked out there looked like me so when i went to uh when i was looking at colleges my deal was like what's the best degree i can hang on the wall because there's a good chance yeah i understand like i, I just saying. never looked at it and right. I remember uh, our, when I was growing up, our next door neighbor was an orthopedic surgeon guy named Lynn Wilson. And uh, he was like robotic smart, like uh, uh, like photographic memory. Yeah. And, and my, my dad was really smart photographic memory type of shit.
2: Make you feel like shit all the uh, time. Th- oh yeah, with well, my
0: dad. <laughs> you grew up with a condescending asshole. No, 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 no. Too. I'm
2: talking when you hang around, like I, uh, the guy who built my chopper, he's, uh, he did it all by hand. Oh wow. And his dad's an orthopedic surgeon. His brother is an actor. Uh, two of them went to Juilliard. So, I, is this my buddy Will Ramsey, Used oh. to train with him at Westside. Okay. And so, but he's like, I'm just gonna start building choppers. His dad's an orthopedic surgeon. He wired an entire house to code. He's not, he's like, oh, you just yeah. like open up the book and fetch wires <laughs> together. <laughs> So but I it uh, made me feel like that. Oh, like, uh, like, yeah, so, hey, so my dad only wrote like, a couple books. <laughs> well, it, it's I'm funny. A piece of shit. Uh, people are always
0: like, oh, you're uh, you know kind of a smartass <laughs> and pretty quick. I'm like, we well, didn't grow up with a really smart, <laughs> condescending father like I did, who was a fucking 50 year trial attorney. <laughs> so uh, my next door neighbor, who was this guy, Lynn Wilson, he had gone to Cal on an academic scholarship to play football. And so I remember my oh, dad wow. always telling me. Um, it was great school. Doctor and- Wilson is like the smartest dude he'd ever met, and he's like, "You he went to Berkeley? It's all where all the really smart people go." Yeah. So I'd always had heard that, and then when I got a scholarship to go to Berkeley, I went out and I took a trip to Colorado, Nebraska, C, and UCLA, and I remember telling my dad, and my dad's like, "You know, at the end of the day, uh, when you go get a job or you're know, looking back, I'm like, I don't know, like the value of a Nebraska degree on the wall, but I'll tell yeah. you that Cal one's probably going to open some doors." Yep. And so I went to Berkeley for that reason. If I had known I was going to go play a decade in the NFL, I probably would have gone to Arizona State, which we went out and visited some people in Arizona State, and it was like one of those college movies, you know? You see like a, a, Arizona a Van St- Wilder. Y- you can't even put in the it, words. It, it, like, we, we went out there. You can't. It's like fucking Van Wilder. <laughs> like, it was like there were these parties, and they had pools in their dorms, and it's these chicks were cruising around in bikinis, and I'm like,
1: what the fuck? Well, technically, that was Florida State.
0: Uh, dude, it's based off of I, the... I, I, like blew my yeah. mind and i remember thinking like i totally chose poorly i should have gone to these other places this is unreal and uh yeah it was unreal uh, the, but yeah
2: but uh the when i arizona was like uh poor very poor man's asu
1: mm-hmm. how did you I, end up there to begin with
2: uh i went to the air force academy and i fucking hated it i absolutely hated it i went you, there you conformist oh fucking hated it and i <laughs> i made the mistake of uh I you know they run the wishbone and I was like man there's anything that's more perfect for for me and I loved it fullback running back yeah and uh, I excelled football wise but I hated all the other stuff and I'm like what am I doing like I'm I'm here to play football I'm not here for anything else and I'm like what am I like I I sat down and I remember this is a random I ha- remember those old I'm sure they still have them I haven't seen them the like, college football previews yeah uh, amazing oh, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember I had one in my, uh, in my dorm at Air Force. And I remember flipping it open. I saw a picture of Ted Johnson. He was at CU. Yeah. And you remember Ted Johnson's yeah, neck?
0: Yeah. Oh, his neck was wider than oh, his head. Oh, dude, it's
2: unbelievable. Uh, and, and I remember seeing Hitting against Ted Johnson. <laughs> his fucking... Did you think he ever used his head? <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's like, it's hey, the strongest hey, yeah. part of my body. <laughs> oh
0: my it was like, uh, like, what was the... You got to see a picture uh, of Ted dude, Johnson. Uh, he, like, um, what was in, in like, the Daredevil comics where like, the, uh, the kingpin, his yeah. like, neck was like yeah. this and his... Like Ted Johnson's neck was so big that his neck was actually
2: wider than his helmet. Yeah, like his head tapered in. It was fucking incredible. He's like Takeo Spikes. Yeah, although you know, Spikes is probably a little big. But anyway, I remember seeing a picture of him. He had this is back when the jerseys were awesome in college. He, yeah, the cut the belly, off. Yeah. Oh, so much better. mesh. Yeah, you gotta remind me about the Nebraska, my wife story. Okay, and I'll tell you this: you'll you'll understand. So anyway, uh, I see that and I'm like, I love Colorado too because it's the Big Eight. I love Nebraska growing up. Yep. And that people don't understand. Colorado was fucking awesome back yeah, in the day. A trip Eric and, yeah, I And Eric Bieniemy and all that stuff. So, dude, uh, not to cut you off, yeah. but uh, I, uh, I'm a rookie in the
0: NFL, so I'm, I'm in Kansas or uh, Philadelphia. I go into the huddle, and all of a sudden, Eric Bieniemy is our <laughs> <are> running back.
2: <laughs> and and I, I, I like
0: see him, and I remember, you know, the yeah. like, you know, Eric Bieniemy like playing yep. for Colorado, and I remember seeing him, and I'm like, holy shit, hey, Eric bro. I was like, you know, what's up, Q? You know, <laughs> and. Uh, uh dude he uh so i remember i called my brother that night i was like dude i was in the huddle with eric the enemy and my brother was like you know they were
2: doing all this stuff <laughs> like oh my god dude yeah uh anyway i saw uh remember seeing that picture of ted johnson and i was like like that's what i want i want to i'm because ever since i've been a kid that's all i want to do is play college football i could give a shit about the nfl it was just there's something about the drums you know what i'm talking about the drum yeah. core when you're coming out and uh, just the everything to me was awesome, and hearing, who's that famous announcer? Uh, Jackson. The who? Oh, Nelly.
1: The mm.
2: college football announcer. Come on. Uh, Keith Jackson. Oh,
0: Keith Jackson. Keith okay. Jackson.
2: It's just the, everything, yeah. you know. Was I right, Saturdays like we you know, we didn't have cable growing up, so you'd get like two games. You always get fucking Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah. Mostly was uh,
0: FC was on all the time. It's yeah. Fucking and awful. So
2: and then you know you might get uh, like uh, anyway. Uh, so I just left. And at that time, uh, Arizona had the Swarm defense. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. And the year prior, they, they playing,
0: had uh, the flex defense. Oh, my God. Jesus. People, uh, like, they gave up 18 inches of rush to 94. Teddy <laughs> Bruschi, right? So, so they had a dude named
2: <laughs> Rob Waldrop. Rob Waldrop was the and, uh, Outland Trophy winner. Uh,
0: dude, Outland Trophy winner. He used to play, right? This was their defense, right? He played a three technique, but he was standing straight up. No, he,
2: Waldrop wasn't
0: oh wait okay no they, teddy
2: brewski was the flex teddy was a dn they had a flex guy was another it was i uh, thought it was rob waldrop was the flex no
0: it was the weirdest defense
2: the three technique was
0: standing like a yard off the line was, in, in, <clears throat> in 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 a two point and but the problem was everybody would try to run at the flex but rob waldrop who was just a fucking he's, savage he's like 5 mean,
2: 285 his thighs were yeah. like this big oh. Oh. Burp 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 burp. Oh. and he uh dude he,
0: he had like a get off that was like i think he uh he ran like let's say he ran like a four eight, but he ran like a like 1. a 1. 1.2 of 10 yeah yeah his 10 was like <laughs> 0.2 like it was like his acceleration he used to just hit people and launch him he won the outland trophy he was yeah. fucking sad like, i remember watching him on film and being like oh god
2: yeah he's <clears throat> so uh so that was in 94 that's when they beat miami yeah. 29 nothing and uh and that was miami miami like that was oh yeah when they showed up in like uh, battle fatigues yeah i mean that was the that was uh, jimmy
0: johnson miami yeah
2: that that well not that oh, year no but but that was that like was, they still they had still that, had like, that, that swagger, swagger yeah. where they would show
0: up and been yeah. fatigues and that whole deal and, oh yeah it was, it was fucking lawless <laughs> but
2: the next year they played georgia tech in a ball game and they started a white running back and i was like they give these they give us chances like you know how hard <laughs> it's difficult to get a chance uh if you're a skill position and you're a white dude unless you're a tight end and uh so i never was interested in arizona until i saw the the it was kevin schmicky ended up being a really good friend of mine but uh we ended up uh-oh. we ended up uh, I i get home to chicago area and it's like you know i'd spent uh unloaded semi trucks anyway i went to go visit a couple schools because my dad's like listen you walk on i'll pay for whatever it is this is your dream uh if as long as you don't fuck up and you know so we went to visit a couple different schools and i we, i chose arizona and it was one of those like let just see if he what he says he's like all right Arizona. it's like oh man I could. it's like uh asking your wife for a threesome I'm like yeah we're just joking yeah. <laughs> oh really no, be- yeah right. cool <laughs> i didn't see that one coming so uh we went anyway we, to make a lot i flew out there and it was uh 80 degrees palm trees everywhere and i just flown it was like 20 below where uh, where are you from originally just outside of chicago like 20 miles west northwest of chicago so it's fucking horrible what's what's the town uh town is prospect heights it's like there's like a million like that area is like seven million people it's so congested it's uh northwest suburbs of chicago the uh schaumburg and arlington heights all these there's whatever So uh, after I get back, you know, I have to make a decision. And I'm like, I'm going to Arizona. My dad's like, thank God. Like, (laughs) get the fuck out of here. Well, he's like, now I can go visit you in Arizona. (laughs) You know, it's warm there. And uh, so I ended up going there and I walked on and I ended up got a scholarship. I ended up having Graves' disease. I don't, uh, not a lot of people know that, but I have no, I don't have a thyroid anymore. My thyroid was so hyperactive that I couldn't gain weight. I couldn't, I'd sleep every other day. And it was one of those things, and you probably understand, like, oh, I'm just not eating, I'm not training hard. Yeah. So, and but I didn't know, like, my thyroid was so, like, oh, my really? resting heart rate was 130. Huh. And now you'd be like, oh, shit, but you think I'm checking my heart rate? We <laughs> you know, when you're 18 years old or nine. I was 19. So anyway, once they got that done, I gained, it was like my body in three months said, hey, you know every weight you lifted since you've had this? It's coming, buddy. And I just, I got was 240 pounds. My bench went, because when you have severe hyperthyroidism, you just, your muscle, your body eats itself. And I got, I would just get weaker and weaker and weaker. And and it was just, again, I guess I'm not training hard enough. And uh, I think that the first day of my treatments, I benched like 225 for like five reps. And three months later, I did 400 for two. Nice. Three months, but it would be, Monday I would bench and Thursday I'd bench. And I would make, I'd break a PR. From Monday to Thursday, and then like Monday, it was fucking awesome. But it was like every rep I've ever done just went, burr, burr. and my doctor's like, Dude, you got it. He was like, You taking steroids? Come on, it's cool. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. We, are you really cool? Are you a narc or something? <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't. You're like, Are you offering? <laughs> That's right. I'm willing to test some stuff out, but it ended up being uh, the best decision of my life because I got a scholarship, I uh, got to play on some good teams, and I, my wife and I were joking because we had seen a video today of like, uh, that. I don't know what 2012 NFL class of wide receivers or whatever. I don't remember what it was, and it was I think they had five receivers, and only one was okay. The one guy got cut. A first round draft pick got cut after a year. Yeah, that's awful. never played again. Yeah. And I was telling her, you know, by my my last two years, I was at Arizona because I played for an extra year. I, I had a petition in the NCAA, but I got an extra year over because of the hyperthyroidism, the Graves disease, which is the worst name for a fucking disease ever. By the way, yeah. it's named after the doctor that discovered sure. it. But come on, dude, name it after his first name, like Don or something. Because <laughs> it sounds like when they told me, like, dude, you got Graves' disease. You're like, oh, I'm fucking dead. I, that's what I thought, right? I mean, uh, anyway, uh, my last two years, you know, we'd always have these new crop of All-Americans come in. And I remember, ne- like, my first couple years, I was like, oh, man, like, I'm never going to see the field. And my last year is like, I don't care. Like, you may, they might put you on the depth chart ahead of me for two games, you know, to make you feel good. But I, I'm going to play over you every time. Yeah.
1: Explain the feeling that you had when they announced, like, you earned your scholarship.
2: Uh, well, you know, when I, like, my dad and I are incredibly close, and we just like my oldest son and I, like, we share football, and my dad made a tremendous, I mean, paying for college then is not like paying for college now, but it's still a sacrifice, and he came to every single fucking game I ever played in. Even if it was just special teams, he's like, I'm, you know, so he traveled all my, remember there in Illinois? You know, we never played, you know, west of the Mississippi at sure. all. So, uh, and uh, it was the best feeling. It just, and I wasn't just happy for me, even though obviously it's a very selfish thing. It was just, I felt like my dad, like, won. I'm getting <laughs> sorry.
0: No, man. I, um, uh my dad passed away uh four years ago he passed away on the 28th so two days ago it's been four years and my dad uh came to almost every single game and the games that he didn't come to i flew him out to yeah and it was always amazing to come out and see my dad and like after every game and like he like he would like uh like I, i remember uh at training camp um it was like i think it was early in the season like the coaches had new outfits and so my dad was like, hey, I uh, think uh, I could get one of those coaches' shirts. <laughs> and so I went to our equipment guy and I was like, hey, man, I slipped him a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. And I was like, hey, can you get my dad one of those outfits? So he got him the pants, he got him the shirt, the shoes, gave him like the whole fucking. I hope the guy he went on the
2: field and started yelling at some motherfucker.
0: So. <laughs> I gave it to him. He's so excited. He wears it to the game. So after the game, he like, and my come on, mom come comes on, down. Come he just walked right past, it, and he's like down in the locker room, all right, looking like the coach. So, so he used to bust you see him, him doing an interview with oh, ESPN. Dude, he, he's, totally, he's totally hanging out. And so, so people like 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 Runyon's like, Hey, Mister Wubble, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm just hanging out. And so the hilarious
2: Barely part was on the team.
0: Yeah. And so, at, so then it became like every year. Uh, the, uh, the equipment guy would like roll over and he would like put my dad's outfit and I would just like, I mean, at Christmas, I'd give him like a grand. I used to always kick him dough. Cause those dudes, those guys are the way that shit, like they keep the greasy wheels going. You want oh, some, yeah. you always want to keep those guys greased. They're like so, the
2: garbage <laughs> men in that if you don't, if yeah. you don't think garbage men are important. Oh yeah. They'll yeah. fuck you.
0: Uh, so like, I, I like saw him and I would like, here's an envelope of money. I'm like, yeah. dude, my dad is excited and I'm excited. So I would roll in. And so my dad had these outfits and, uh, it like he was my biggest fan man so i mean yeah. I, I know and i'd I like yeah i mean he was four years ago the other day so i my dude i Sorry, uh, yeah no it's uh, uh it's, he on. he was 80 he lived an amazing life he uh didn't work out uh didn't worry about what he ate worked his ass off wow. fucking lived uh, to 80 and, and lived to 80 yeah. um uh, the only thing he didn't do was smoke because that's dirty but uh like i mean well, cigarettes, we cigarettes yeah we, we would go to restaurants <laughs> and my brothers and i would like play like a little game we'd be like Whatever the worst thing on the menu is, that's what Dad's gonna get. He's like, ah, oh, that uh, uh, that deep fried pork butt. Bring that one over. Fettuccine Alfredo here. with extra lard, <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, but and man, a
2: hot cup of fat.
0: Ah, uh, dude, he's the best. I, I, I'll tell you, and I tell my son this every day. There isn't a single day that doesn't go by that I don't think about my dad, and I don't wish I could call him. Yeah. And uh, that's why I come home and I hug my little boy all the time, and I'm like, hey, man, like it's uh, you're my surrogate. Yeah, and um, that that's you know, and it's it, it's so cool that uh, here you are at you know, like years later, that you're looking back and you're like, look at the sacrifice, or just the fact that your dad busted his ass to come to every fucking game. Yeah,
2: well, I, it's you know, the other thing is my dad was a AD and a teacher at my school in high school, so uh, whenever I, <clears throat> and my dad probably says six seven words a year, <laughs> you know, just a real quiet guy and uh. He's always, uh, he was never my coach because he's like, a, just he coached football for years and he's like, it's no thanks. I'm done with this shit. And, uh, but he always, whenever I wanted the weight room open, uh, which was a lot because uh, I trained so much when I was in high school, but he, all right, here we go. He didn't care. He drove me over, like I didn't have, have my driver's license until I was 17. And the hill that uh, one of the Walter Payton hills, uh, it was, when you live there, everything's like a fucking pain in the ass to get to because of traffic. But he'd just get in the truck and he'd drive me and just sit in the truck or just hang out and count the hills. And uh, it's funny because a lot of the kids in high school, I remember this, like, ah, oh, you're only strong because your dad opens the way. I'm like, dude, I'll call you every time I go Man. in. And you guess how many people actually show up?
0: Man, I, but, um, uh, I, uh, dude, this is fucking hilarious, but I, I, um, I told the story like it was weird. Like I was fast and then I grew a bunch and I wasn't fast yeah. and it was fucking bothered me. Yeah. So I went to the library and I went and I checked out books on speed <laughs> yeah. and uh, like literally like Dewey Decimal System, the whole yeah. deal. Cause right. Cause oh, the library, yeah. cause uh, who else am I going to call? So I go and I f- check out this book and I remember the only thing I gleaned from the book was downhill running. Would that be was, kid, that was, speed.
2: that was a big thing. Uh, you know what we used to do is Corey Everson. You remember the bodybuilder? Yeah. She yeah. was a great track sprinter at Wisconsin. Yeah. They used to pull her, uh, with a moped. Oh, for like, overspeed. Boy, that doesn't sound like a great idea. No, you just fucking go down
0: and <laughs> keep dragging you. So I I, I I rode around my bike. So I, I wasn't old enough to drive yet. And so I rode around on my bike and I finally found this like grade that was on. So I went out in there. I was doing this downhill running yeah. and uh, a bunch of like my buddies pulled up and like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm getting faster, <laughs> you know? And then like years later, man, like I remember uh, when we trained at old man Zangus's house, which is another whole fucking disaster. But my dad would drop me off at nine in the morning, but yep. the old power lifters would train first. And our job was to rack their weights. Yep. And then when we got done, when they got done, and I remember like two or three hours later, my dad shows up and he's like this. I'm like, I haven't lifted yet. (laughs) And he's like, just waves it right i'm 14 years old he <laughs> drops me off at some weird old greek guy's house right i've been there for three hours racking weights and i'm like i haven't lifted you're yet. all <laughs>
2: sweaty like and then
0: finally they're like you guys are up and it's like one o'clock and my dad just waves and just drives away and i'm like the fact like first of all i wouldn't drop my kids off at some no. weird old greek guy's house and like after three hours i come in and be like what the fuck are we doing here and my dad's like you'll be fine i'll be back and like just i'm like holy shit dude it's, hilarious
2: uh, yeah, but did make it it was an awesome time in my life and uh when i my last year i had already graduated so i was in technically grad school and i when i was at the academy and stuff i was uh you know you're up at 4 in the morning doing whatever and so when i got to arizona my first class was at 9 a.m and i was like oh my god this is fucking awesome like i get to sleep till nine you know take whatever seven thirty and 8 55 yeah well I, I would always wake up early and eat and i would I had a paper route for three years, and then it was 365 days a year. You had to get up at five every morning, so I was used to this. My last year, I was in grad school, and I only took two classes, that's full-time in grad school, so I had class Monday night. We didn't have practice, you guys didn't have practice. Yeah, we didn't practice Monday. And Tuesday night. So I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I was lamenting on Monday, like my class was at four. I'm like, really, four? That's how (laughs) spoiled I got. (laughs) Who do you think I am, like getting up before noon? (laughs) bullshit (sighs) i I remember my talking to my dad because i'm never gonna i'm not gonna lie to my dad i'm like listen i'll be honest with you man i'm not really trying too hard and he's like uh even especially the last semester when you know we're not playing i i I just took 100 level courses i'm like i don't give a fuck about anything i just couldn't wait to get out of school i was 23 at the time so he's like listen stay in school just enjoy everything because real life sucks yeah. and he's like once you have to get a job and you have to grind it out a little bit but he was like dude live it up he was never like you know like uh, getting down on me for for having fun and having a great time i always remember that he's like dude enjoy it man i you know i remember love I, every minute of it. i
0: would come home from practice and you know we're like uh, by the time we get done with practice watch film ate whatever it was fucking oh, yeah. late and i was always super tired and i came home i remember my dad called me and i'm like dad i'm super tired i don't have time i like i feel uh like, uh, too tired to study and do a good job. And he's like, What you should do is you should come home, go right to bed, and then wake up at like four in the morning and study. And I was like, That's a great fucking idea. So I take a shower, I go to bed, and like I'm laying there at 4 a.m., the phone rings.
2: It's your old <laughs> it's man, my isn't dad.
0: It? And he's like, Hey, just call him to make sure you're up. You said you were going to study. And I'm like, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. You know, this is pre cell phone. So it like yeah. rings in the house. And I'm like, Hello. Hello. And he's like, Just call to make sure you're up. And I'm like, No problem, dad. Okay, cool. So we talk for a few minutes. I hang up. And I lay back down, Oh, and literally like six minutes later, ring, uh, did you go back to sleep? And I'm like, does he have a camera in here? And I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Uh, He proceeded to call me uh, pretty much every morning at 4 a.m. for like the rest of college. So my dad was an early riser. Like uh, he would come home, go to sleep, wake up early, and he would call, and we would like to, we would talk. He'd be like, what are you working on? And I'd be like, "Oh, I'm I'm writing this thing on McCarthyism. I got this." And he would be like, "Hey, I read this book." And we would have these like epic conversations. And um, man, he uh, like it it was the type of thing where uh, if I was driving in the car, I always called my dad. Uh, Like first thing in the morning. That's how
2: my oldest son is. Yeah, he's like, Like, "I'm driving home from school. What's going on?" I'm Like, man, you know.
0: I like I I would uh, still still to this day uh, when we moved to Texas, I would always get up early on Saturday morning and go to Home Depot and Tractor Supply wherever I got to go to get the shit done. And uh, I would always call him first thing in the morning. And, um, you know, like I would go at like 7. And I knew this fucker would be up at 5 a.m. Because Texas is two hours ahead of time. I call, first ring, hello? Like, what are you doing? He's like, just hanging out. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm just getting a little reading in, like doing some stuff. And uh, and, uh, I'd be like, his mom up. He's like, no, she's being lazy. So my dad had a deal of like, you slept past 6 o'clock, you're lazy. To the point where my mom is. (laughs) To this day, like I'll call my mom. And she's like, oh, I was real lazy today. I slept until 6 o'clock. And, uh, oh. he just, he, he was just, you know, like, uh, like, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting thing. Like it's man, yeah, man, like, but like, I, uh, like at the end of the day, like you have these amazing stories where you tell people and you're like, there's no way anybody can believe this. If I could call me 4am yeah. every morning. That's and then awesome. it was funny cause I like, you know, I had a girlfriend sleep over and they would oh, be like, yeah. Is your dad really going to call him like, like clockwork? He never misses. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do Listen, it. Listen, i
2: got five minutes to make you happy. <laughs> five minutes?
0: After what are we going to do for it's the three, other three, day? Yeah. Last <laughs> well, part of the massage. Right? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll snooze.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anything after that's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So, uh, what, uh, Jim, when, yes. when did you transition into coaching? Yeah. Was it the uh, end of the athletic career or at was it later of, down the road?
2: When I uh, – my last game was at uh, – we were talking about Arizona State. was at Arizona State on uh, that Thanksgiving. It was a Friday, I think. So What we, do they
0: call that when you guys play? It doesn't have like something like – Yeah, the uh,
2: border – oh, shit. Well, yeah, they got some name for it. It's the uh, – oh, my God, the Civil War. Yeah. No? No? Something like that. I don't know. But, man, we got one year it was so violent that uh, – I mean, there was – bench clearing brawls. We had one guy his nice. foot turned around because he got cheap shotted uh, on a play. They this is when Jake Plummer was there. They killed us that year. Was it was good, it was bench clearing sheep. He
0: was he was pretty good. Yeah. It he, was so they bad called him a snake that they for had a reason.
2: call the the mayors of Tempe and Tucson came together and said, Listen, we have to have some kind of pact here that, you know, we're gonna calm everyone down and stuff. That's how bad it was. So I remember the year uh that plumber was there i remember i was walking by some dorms and the signs were up in the window like i fucked jake plumber's mom like some of the most vile shit and i was like oh my god so that this is i don't think i've ever told you this this story i am so I'm, i got dressed we're in our uh, in our home stadium so we dressed in our regular locker room we have to walk across the street to the field and yeah. i'm walking out you know running backs come out at whatever time and i'm with one of my buddies and we're just talking i had my helmet on and some lady must have been 50 years old middle age she grabs my shirt she's like you fucking asshole fuck you and uh you know kind of did this and ran away and i was like did you it was like if you saw like a I don't know, like a unicorn. It would take a good thirty <laughs> seconds like to process that so you fucking saw a pink unicorn or something. Like uh, it would have been better.
0: Sorry, she grabbed me and I punched her in the face. Yeah, and uh well, but th- good it, thing there was no it, social it, media because nobody saw anything. It
2: was so fucked up, and I was like, my God, this is this is. It was awesome though. I love that kind of stuff. And we, my first time playing at playing against ASU was at ASU. And you had to wear your helmets out yeah. because you would get tagged with full beer yeah. cans. You'd always get pelted with shit. They, well, uh,
0: when we would come through, like you remember, like the dressing room was underneath yeah. the, the bleachers. Yeah. And when they came through, they would tell you, hey, wear your helmets because yeah. they're going to throw shit <laughs> at you. And so, like, I remember walking out and literally, like, Coke's fucking raining on us, oh, yeah. beer bottles and the whole shit. And it you're was like,
2: bananas. Yeah, that was fucking. Oh, I fucking loved that. It was just, fu- it was fun. And that's, uh, you know, that, that's, we had some insane games against them and uh so my my final game was at asu anyway so that was on friday by sunday i was 100 percent powerlifting ready because i i don't want to exist in the past it just makes me sick and i'm like i'm not going to be one of that guys so i was already you know programmed out everything i wanted to do and then i got a you know i had worked as a personal trainer at a place in uh tucson and then i got a a offer to go to shit Lexington uh one of the old coaches from Arizona so uh got the head job at the University of Kentucky so I went there and I was there for two years and it was uh a horrible eye-opener for me and uh it's just the it's an SEC school so what did what my expectations were super fucking high and my my first day uh that I was there coaching I called my dad crying because I'm like, this is fucking horse shit. Because like, I love training. I'm like, you love training. I love training. And that's the only thing that ever got me from point A to point B in football. It just was, a, I just, well, I'll train you a little bit more. And it, the technique was horrible. The programming was horrible. The expectations were so fucking low that it made me sick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, listen, we're not curing cancer here. But we're also important. Everyone's important. Whatever job you do is a fucking important. And I always tell people, if you don't think it's important, go to McDonald's and have them fuck up your order at the drive-through and see how mad you are. Yeah. You know, so everyone's important. So I'm thinking like like I may not be good at a lot of stuff, but I'm good at this. And so from then on, uh I just my dad's like just you have to have your standards and your principles. You have to stick to that shit. And if they don't like it, that's fine. And uh, so, when it, ended up, it became a kind of a shit fest, because the way it would be, I don't know how you—we didn't lift like this at Arizona, but maybe we'd have a group of 20 guys come into the weight room at once uh, from the football team, and there's four coaches. You get four, you know, he gets four, and I'm responsible for those to take them through everything. And I'd always have that same group every day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, listen, I took each group aside, I'm like, listen, do you guys want to do shit right? I mean, I'm talking fucking right now. All your numbers are going to go down. Your butts can't come off the bench. You're going to have to squat to depth. We're going to look at you know, just everything. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, not a single guy uh, said no, because I'm like, listen, your squat's going to go way down. I mean, right? You just you know, versus a full squat. And what ended up happening was the other group said, well, why aren't why is Coach Wender doing this shit with these guys? Why you know? Because I'm on my hands and knees, like fucking the fucking high. It's fucking high. And they would take great pride in it, and that makes the other coaches look a little shitty. And then, honestly, I was totally horribly immature about a lot of stuff just because I was, you know, twenty-five years old or so. And uh, a little I just bit of
0: arrogance, little yeah, uh, but you know what, bravado. That,
2: that's but that's important. Yeah, because if I didn't believe what I was doing, like people are always like, do you ever question them? If I question, I wouldn't be here. Like I would be doing something else. Like whatever I thought was right. And I'm not saying, like, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, but I believe in what I do. And if you see how our team plays and you see the difference versus every other team, even my dad, I got to tell you the Nebraska story again. Remind me. All right, well, my dad for the first time said, "You're uh, not for the first time, but he's like, you guys look like football players. And that was the greatest compliment. He's like, not everyone going to get the fat kids and, like, the normal kids looking. When our kids, like, all got my even my wife when she saw the kids for the first time, she's like, they all had giant traps and huge asses and thighs. Yeah, and she's like, they all look like you, like, well, when I used to look big. And uh, but anyway, with the Nebraska thing, so my wife never really watched football. I mean, she knew about it until she met me. So, Where, i where's she from? New Jersey. Oh, she's from New Jersey, yeah, uh, could, North
0: Jersey, South Jersey.
2: Fucking fine. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's like two different states.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because you know, the. In the if you would have give me any state like New York, New Jersey, and like the Boston area, I would like I'm not want any woman from there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she ended up being like, absolutely perfect for me. But uh, so I turn on as a uh, so this was right like in the first year we were together, and I turn uh, ESPN and it's a ESPN Classics game. It's 95 Nebraska, hmm. and my wife has no idea it's 95 Nebraska. She thinks it's just a football game, and so she sits down and she's like who is this team? There's no one fat. Everyone's fucking strong and built. Yeah, And I was like, holy, this is a complete outsider. Not realizing this, this was, uh, what is it? 30 years ago.
0: Every one of those dudes had fucking arms. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: And they, everyone remember the tops, right? Oh yeah. Hey dude, I've had a little roll. Yeah. Little roll. but everybody,
0: everybody (laughs) had a little bit of just like, eh, yeah,
2: yeah. Just, just enough to be 18, 19, 20%. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was the biggest eye opener because we're talking about the O lyman and stuff. And uh, so that's when I really started looking. I, and I listened to a bunch of stuff that Boyd Epley and Mike Arthur did because Mike Arthur is really the architect of their m- metabolic circuits. Yeah. And Boyd Epley's like, I'll never forget this. He's like, what is, he started off his seminar and said, what is your goal as a strength coach? And, you know, no, first of all, no one wants to raise their hand. It's fucking Boyd Epley. I was on an elevator with him one time, and all I could stare was his fucking hair. He's got yeah. like a hair helmet. It's like Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's like, bald now.
0: Who Boyd? He, was he bald? No, Boyd. Oh, I he he still has. It. Gets shorter. Yeah, it just gets ah. shorter. Yeah, it used okay. to. Be. So uh, I took a trip there, and I met Boyd, and yeah. then we did a podcast with him recently. Okay, and it was like it was fucking like it was it, it was awesome. Yeah, like I, I uh,
2: <clears throat> so I, I watched this, and he, so he's you know watching. like uh, to be better football players like, come on like in the weight room like don't be stupid and it's like my my goal is not to get the kids hurt well that's everyone's goal right so he's like the goal is to put muscle on them a bigger stronger muscle will move faster and run in speed and agility and durability yeah so everything now of course there's a uh, point of diminishing returns but basically we my goal so my i once i realized that training became very simple for the kids and I always say, like, our main lifts are for just, we want power, especially the lower body. We're just looking at perfection of technique and power. Just apply force to the bar. Uh, and then everything else is just, we're going to do good calisthenics. Cause again, our, uh, the GPP of athletes is so fucking low now. I am basically a PE teacher who teaches them how to lift. Yeah. And uh, well, so I mean, we do dude, a-
0: that general physical preparedness, man. I mean, Louis's been writing about that shit for 50 yeah, years. Yeah. But,
2: but the, I can go on about that, but, uh,
0: <laughs> why? Cause he's the only one that didn't need the conditioning.
2: <laughs> well, the, G, listen, GPP, you have to change levels and I'll, I'll give it a, like, meaning you have to go from the ground to up. Um, it's not pulling a sled, pulling a sled is not going to do anything. You need to be doing, uh, jumping jacks, uh, four count burpees, uh, mountain climbers, uh, ups, sit-ups, uh, just, you know, dragging a sled is good, but that's a mass. That's just one part of this big thing. Sure. But when I started really realizing, listen, I just got to put muscle on these kids. Because when you get them, more, you got kids who got, you know, like collar, you know their, their uh, uh, shoulder, shoulder blades. Shoulder wings. Yeah, are yeah. sticking out. I'm like, who cares about their starts? When they yeah. can't even do twenty chin-ups, like that's the I tell them, well, listen, sp- our special the biggest
0: goal is you want to be able to fill out well, like uh, tell them we're gonna you, like, we're gonna win the fill out your jersey. Yeah. We're
2: gonna, I said when we walk off that bus, I want to win. But, yeah, I mean, I'm like the- I don't even I don't, like fuck the score. We want to like, look good. Like, uh, like one,
0: you, you want to fill out your jersey, and two, you <laughs> want people to actually know you lift
2: weights and to yes. fucking play football. Yes, like like let me get some receipts out of this bitch. Yep, and that's so that's. That and the kids love it because, like, oh, we're getting all pumped up, and but we still like the main lifts and stuff, the bench squat and trap bar. We really, I really work on speed and power and understanding, you know, being aggressive. And then everything else, I'm like, you know, we do a lot of body weight stuff uh, for high reps. We do, I mean, obviously, all the upper body stuff, some uh, box jumps and a lot of jumping. But uh, the, the bottom line is, is once I realized, you know, what Boyd Epley was doing, it was like, Everything made sense. And then, you know, of course, you get a couple coaches come in or parents like, why aren't we doing more uh, over speed training? I'm like, dude, your kid, a kid can't do 50 pushups. That's I'm like, who wants to line up against a motherfucker who can't do 50 pushups in high school? And I so we use the the uh, I use the bare minimum standards for special forces, because first of all, you ever look at those? You're not getting the special forces doing the bare minimum, like, you know, 60 setups or something. Like or whatever it is, it's not very much. So that's what we use. So I'm like, listen, until you get there, we get nothing special. And uh and the you know the the best thing is is we win, so everyone buys in. And so what ended up happening was after like I think the second or third year I was there, then that we had some eighth graders like, hey, do you think we can lift? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Problem is, is there's nothing more destructive in the world than junior high kids. Nothing, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, not even fucking close. <laughs> And so now the problem is that I, I had to keep my eye on these fucking ding dongs. When I got my assholes over here, and these are the kids I need; and these are going to play next year. So, for about I don't know four months, I would come home just screaming to my wife like, "You don't even fucking run ding And uh, I told the head dweebs. coach, "Dweeb's." What? They're dweeb's. Oh, just fucking dweebs. driving me bananas. I don't like ding dongs, John. Uh, well,
0: dweeb's like uh, <laughs>
2: dorks. Yeah. Dweeb's. Nerds. So, uh, eventually what ended up happening, I just like, listen, I can't do this anymore because these, these are the kids who bring us the money here. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the kids are the proverbial and the, money. And these kids also had been since freshman, sophomore, like they, they deserve the best I got and they're not getting it because you cannot take your eye off these kids. And, uh, so to make a long story short, my wife's like, fine, I'll fucking do it for a little bit. Nice. And that ended up being like once or twice a week just to get the kids. And now it's full, full bore. And now Can you guess what happened to our junior high teams?
0: Now all of a sudden they're (laughs) doing better too.
2: Yeah. And anyone that plays another sport, you can tell. uh, The good thing is, is we've, this is the head coach. This has nothing to do with me. They, they put the foot down. Like you play football, you train with us and then you can play other sports, but you're getting your shit done here. No other sport really has the year round training system that we have. And, uh, but anyway, it's been, uh, that's been the, you know, I never thought I'd be here and I would, we volunteer too. That's the reason why, cause they were like, you won't pay you two grand. I'm like, listen, I don't want $2,000. Like I, first of all, I don't need the money. And second of all, that means you can tell me what to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the minute that you start paying me, there's yeah. entitlement.
2: Now I'm going to volunteer and I'm gonna tell you to go fuck yourself. So, and then what ends up happening is the, it, it just gives me a lot more power. And I, I like saying, I say no all the time to stuff, you know, I don't, so it's just it's kind of nice because I feel like the the parents have always for the I don't really had any problems with the parents, uh, but they've been incredibly supportive and the kids generally like me because I'm nice, relatively because the head coach is is that old school. He's a younger he's younger than me, but he's the old school you'll motherfuck you motherfucker to death, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm generally fairly positive with the kids and I well, don't I don't like to uh, yell. I think
0: it's because uh, you played yeah like uh like for me like i don't like to motherfuck people and uh you know it like these kids some
2: of these kids need it though
0: yeah like i uh, i just i think at the point like like for me personally like i like i can explain to you what to do if if i gotta like fucking use harsh words and break a foot off in your ass to get you motivated you probably shouldn't be here
2: yeah that's the other hard part is uh the kids don't know what it takes and it's funny because I'll be before lifting, and I'll be talking to some of the seniors and some of the freshmen will come up like, Oh my God, you talk like this to the kids. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, I mean, there's so much shit talking. I'm telling these kids and they're but just the freshmen are saying this. Yeah. They're like, and they're, they're like, like, first of all, I'm going to punch you in your throat. If you tell anybody. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you off air what one of our seniors did to one of our freshmen. It was one of the best signs of leadership I've ever seen in my life. The kid <laughs> never opened his fucking mouth again. Good. But, uh, we've, but it's funny because once they, and we've, have so Obviously, a lot of kids come through, and, and once the kids understand what we're doing, everything just, all the little shit just goes away in their head. Like, okay, I understand. Like, I don't care that you've lowered my numbers. I understand we're looking for power. My speed well, wasn't good.
0: But, like, at, at the end of the day, like, um, you know, like, you never stop. Well, like, when you played, did anybody ever ask you what you benched on the field? No. No one cares. No. And, like, it, it doesn't matter. Ironically, I
2: mean- whenever our kids go to, uh, like, combines, fucking blow everyone out of the water. And they're yeah. like, what do you max? The like, coach won't let us, we don't want to max. Yeah, you.
0: five RMS. <laughs> I built my life on five RMS. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it, it's a really interesting culture where, uh, you know, the weight room was always a vehicle. To get you to fucking victory and yes. to be successful and you know you gotta assemble the best vehicle you can so it has to be intelligent and that's when i like when i talk to people about like whether it be programming or training i'm like you wouldn't fucking not balance your tires you wouldn't like if we're yes. gonna go on a long trip like make sure you got packed you got snacks yep. like 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 look at it the same way like do you have the ability to get as far as you want uh it, you know can your car fucking run is it broken down yep. like, Did you do this like it's the same analogy for everything like if you want to go long you got to have all your shit fucking yep. figured out you got to be smart and, like, I think so many people are so fly-by-night that it's just, it just doesn't make sense.
2: Well, the other thing, we train 50 weeks out of the year, too, which gives me a tremendous amount of flexibility. Like, listen, guys, we're all dragging ass. Like, I'm tired. I know you're fucking tired. So let's just, let's just be smart today. And then we, we run. As long as the weather's good, we run year-round. Now, we don't run a lot. We run 1050s. But you run 1050s for four months. So by the time we need to up the running, no one's strength drops off. Yeah. so it's it's uh, and you guys
0: are running like max effort type stuff like actual like sprinting
2: we do a lot well we don't do a we do a lot of uh sprint conditioning gotcha. uh, we don't do a lot of speed work because the way i look at that is when i'm not terribly knowledgeable about speed i have 60 kids out there i got kids who i had a kid i'm not joking you know where the uh he couldn't jump uh three long jumps to cover five yards Think about that for Great, a second. Great, let's go
0: sprint fucking hundreds. <laughs>
2: yeah, so like we just do a lot of uh, anything that takes about five to six seconds, we do a lot of. So that's about the time of the football play. And we do everything in sets. So instead of saying, I know you were there, we're running 30 20s today. You're like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, listen, we're going to do sets of five. yeah, And we're going to take a two-minute break. That, so you can stomach that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Coach fucking yeah. – so it ends up being just like a game or like a practice you're never going to be running so once i started understanding running like listen we're gonna do it in pockets you and i want effort i want effort and i said you know what it's your team too if you want to suck and be out of shape that's kind of on you guys because you know i'll I'll, i can only hold you hold your hand for so long sure but we do it most and we do we do prowler work every friday uh as long as the weather is good and that has that is more of a team builder and i it's funny because uh, when I went to Florida one time, uh, my head coach, I'm like, listen, this is how you do the prowlers. And he's like, no one ever throws up when you're coaching. I'm like, yeah, because I monitor everything while I'm out there. It's not like I, I have heart rate monitors. I can look, I can see the kids' reaction. So I'm driving, I'm in like the fucking Everglades of Florida. We're driving, and I get a phone call from the head coach. He's like, there's like 10 guys puking right now. How do you fucking do this? he's like i try to follow your direction i'm like you just gotta look if the kid's feeling like shit you gotta back off a little bit
0: well especially with that uh, prowler flu i think i I, uh, was it you that wrote about it i remember somebody wrote about it i
2: was the first person to push that prowler and i i can tell you some fucked up because i didn't know like it's like everyone, like, take that. We didn't pass. know either. The first pushed guy him. who shot heroin is like, well, oh, my God. Oh, well, boy. Well,
0: like, when we start pushing the prowler, and then all of a sudden you see people go ghostly white, and, like, all of a sudden they start, like, kind of woozing, and you're like, oh, they're going to fucking, they're either going to take a header or fucking puke. And we did it. I mean, we, we got that prowler and pushed it till we fucking couldn't stand anymore.
2: I remember my uh, one of my best friends in high school came out to visit me, and he was a wrestling coach, and he wrestled with the kid, so he was in still phenomenal shape. He was like, hey, what's this deal with the prowler? I'm like, hey, let's push the prowler one day. So this was during work hours at Elite FTS. We went out and we bid like, I don't know, 1040s or something, whatever. I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. I drove him back home and I said, here's the remote controls. I got to go back to work. I'll be back in four hours or whatever it was. It was a couple hours. And like, you know, this is because you know how hard it is to run someone else's TV. Yeah. It's fucking impossible. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so like I, in the Matrix. Yeah. And so I come home and he's literally in the same fucking spot. No TV on. Just sitting there like that. And I was like, so tired. Jimmy, dude, what's going on? He's like, dude, I haven't moved.
0: <laughs> Man. And it
2: was, you know, maybe 12, 15 minutes. And I'm like, he's like, dude, that thing. And I when I we sent something to DeFranco, we did a seminar up in New Jersey, and he loved the sled, like the regular sled. And I was like, Joe, we got this thing called the prowler. And he's like, eh, I don't know. And rightfully so, because you know, he's not a gimmick kind of guy. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, we'll send you two. You let me know on Tuesday he calls me up. He's like, holy shit. Holy shit. The fucking sled's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, that's, I, the kids, like, this stuff needs to be taught. Like, you know, we talk about general physical preparedness and stuff, but when our kids run, especially like the prowler stuff especially, you cannot put your hands on your hips. And it's not because the oxygen is better. It's just look, look fucking tough. Dude, I'm practice in. being stronger than the next guy or well, yeah. well, well, at least a,
0: fooling the next guy into thinking you're not yeah, tired
2: and that's fine because guess what i'm fucking tired too when i do this and i we live in a very i live in a very small town i push the prowler in a half mile i have a half mile course and there's kids drive by parents drive by i make sure i never uh hunch over and if i do i'm like god Oh, I'm yeah, behind a tree. Yeah.:
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm coaching like, hey, There's trailer. Right, I don't <laughs> see him.: I'm coaching that's high it. schoolers, and that's the biggest yeah. lesson. Don't look tired.
2: Yeah. It's like old Sun Tzu when you're at your weakest, look your strongest. When yeah. your strongest look you know, look the
1: weakest, so. Uh, but when you have
2: that style of offense, it is a it transforms your entire program because the attitude changes. I remember asking an old coach I'm like, "Why does Texas Tech fucking blow on defense?" This was a guy who's like 70 years old. I'm like, why is Oklahoma State blowing? Why does every Big 12 team blow on defense? Why does everyone who runs that kind of wide open? He's like, it all, he's like, I don't really know, but I can tell you this. If you have a hard-nosed offense, the whole team gets hard-nosed. Because I always thought it was defense, but it seems like that, if your offense is tough, it just resounds the whole, with the whole team. And so having that style of offense transforms the way we train. Because honestly, if you run in that spread wide, well, how strong do you need to be to pitter patter? And uh, now we like the kids understand. Hey, we're running like I need to bulldoze. I need to bulldoze. Now that now that trap bar makes sense. Now that prowler makes sense. Now I know why I'm doing extra trap work. Well, I mean, Chitty, and,
0: you're you're coming off the ball, and it makes the assignment really easy.
2: Yeah. Like we, and we, you know, we got, we
0: used to call that a cat. uh, We used to call it basically like a cat, cat defense where you're like line up. You're like, I got this cat. You got that cat. And I got that cat. (laughs) Yep. It's real fucking simple. So what, what would happen was if we would come up to the line and there was a defense that we had never seen, we would just start calling cats. (laughs) I got this cat. You got that cat. I got this cat. And it was, Hey, don't twist. (laughs) And like, like we, and it was funny because we'd be like, Oh, what are they playing? They were in a cat defense, and that was our code name for we didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So we're just going to block some motherfucker. And you know what? We might get the wrong we'll dude. We'll gonna... step to
2: the left and hope we get someone yeah. whoever crosses. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be good. But you know, it's, it's awesome too because that style of offense uh, our guards are incredibly quick. So you can put a fairly small guy at guard as long as he's willing to pull and take someone's fucking head off. Uh, if you're willing to put some, and I always tell the kids, like, we got a lot of small kids. I'm like, listen, if you're willing to put your head through someone's sternum, we will play you. There there will be a spot. For, and dude, you'll go at tackle for all we give a shit about. I don't care if you're 180. If you're willing to, because if you're, you know, let's say you're against, you're the, the guy I'm playing against, you're going to lean on me for three plays. You're not going to beat a tough son of a 180-pound guy who's, you know, like little wrestler. He's going to get the leverage on you. He's going to out-train you, outwork you. I'm not saying you personally, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, the big yeah. guys in high school, you Everyone gets obsessed with size, and it's like, oh, go ahead and lean on me for two plays. Yeah,
0: but, I mean, if, if you're running a wing tee, I mean, size isn't really much of a matter. No, I mean, the other it's, thing It's is, about, like, consistency and that,
2: that. quarterback turns around. There's three dudes crossing. Yeah. I don't even know who has the ball.
0: No, it's, it's, it's a confusing offense, <laughs> and if you don't practice it, because I remember uh, in high school – I mean, fuck, dude. We we would play uh, like one team. One team ran the wing tee. One ran the option. Yep. One, and like, and then we had a bunch of pro styles. So like, we'd go into a team, and it's like, you know, like fucking these guys are pitching. You know, first guy takes the you know pitch guy, and then and you're like, and it's I don't hard know, to repl- gonna, Yeah. yeah and, and like, all of a sudden, you tackle the dude, and it's like you look over, and the fucking quarterback's running back. You're like, you hear the
2: crowd cheering. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's
0: uh, it yeah, it's yeah, it's cool.
2: So it's it's I know we got to get going here.
0: Yeah. But, no, uh, I mean, we're I'm gonna try to squeeze these guys out, but.
2: Man, uh, uh, fuck, dude. I feel
0: like uh, one week we could do this podcast for fucking another six hours. But um, I mean, dude, it's uh, like it's been co- so cool to see not only the success and the impact you've made in terms of your 5 through one and what you've done and then, you know, like but- fucking where the rubber meets the road where you go out to a local high school and you're like, hey, I- you know what? Uh, we wrote about this. All these fucking people jerked off on it all over yeah. the internet on it. You yeah. know what? Let's see it in practical Deal. Well,
2: That was a huge, I remember thinking, like, if I don't take this job, my status is fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, fuck it. Like, I'll just see if I'm any good. And because uh, I hadn't coached in a couple of years. And uh, like, coaching's hard. Like, I'm, well, Coaching's not like we talked about this, coaching's not personal train and personal training is like we said, I'd rather coach than personal train. Yeah. But you gotta get sixty well, fucking idiots.
0: I always think uh animals have trainers. Coaches yeah. have uh, people have coaches. <laughs> yes. And like, you know, and, and like uh uh the job of the coach is to impact the athlete. Yes. You know, and the the interesting thing is I always think about it in a positive way, but I can think back at how many coaches I've had impacted yep. me in a negative way. And what I never want to do is have somebody look like 20 years later and be like that fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. And I think, because I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you can think I like, I, I, I can tell you coaches have been like that fucking piece of shit. I will remember him to the day I die yep. for being a fucking asshole.
2: I still remember him in, especially in high school. I had all really good coaches. Uh, and maybe they might not have been the best, and I'm not judging this at all. They might not have been the best X's and O's or whatever, but they've all fucking cared. And those guys had been together for a long time, and my dad knew them because, you know, he's at that high school. And I, they genuinely cared about you. And then you get to college, and you understand, like, it's yeah. not the same thing at all. Yeah. And it's But there was still some coaches today that I'm like, holy shit, you're the worst. How do you even have a job?
0: And you're like, I, I fucking can't believe that, one, people haven't just got rid of you to flush you because you're toxic. Yeah.
2: And uh, there's other coaches like uh, Dino Babers, who's a head coach at Syracuse, the best coach I ever had. And he's, yes, yeah, 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 sir. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're almost done. Uh, he called me one time because I knew that he was at Baylor. I'm gonna get this. And uh, I was at EFS, and I was talking about Dino Babers or writing about it. And the Baylor coach is like, "Oh my God, Coach Babers!" Like, "Just you remember this kid?" He's like, "Oh yeah." <clears throat> so Babers uh, calls me at EFS. He goes, Jimmy, my asshole still puckered (laughs) up. And I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, what did I do wrong? He's like, heard you talking about me. I'm like, Coach Babers, I love you. I'm like, I have the greatest. And he's like, I know, I'm just saying saying how you're doing. But it was like, uh, and real quick, we had a uh, 20-some-odd-year reunion for the football team for Arizona. I didn't go because I'm an asshole. I was speaking at the Swiss conference that weekend. But my buddy went, and they're acting a big, you know, Conference, not a conference room, but a banquet kind of thing. And everyone's getting a saying hi and stuff. And head coach Dick tommy he's like, All right, boys, take a seat. And my buddy's like, Do everyone shut the fuck up and hustle? <laughs> he's like, It's still, it's been 30 years. Yeah. Like, oh my God. tommy's going to get so mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to check my, you know, I was in class, I swear.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's just, you know, I hope, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to do this for God knows how long. And then I, you know, these kids at least have some good memories. So,
0: if you ever need anything from us, man, I'm more than happy to always help. And uh, yeah, just hit me up, dude. So, thank you guys so
2: much for having me. I appreciate it. You guys want to go uh, get a beer? Yeah, let's go get a beer.
0: Uh, Normally, at this point, when we sign off, we ask how you can get a hold of Jim Wendler, but you can't. So, we'll end it here. (laughs) See you. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio. Bye bye.
1: Now it's time for you to empower your performance. He's got Instagram, but don't expect him to use it. He's at Jim Wendler, and you can visit him at jimwendler.com. Until next time, bye!